Hey, this is Siobhan, and you're listening to the Creative Outsiders Podcast, where we connect the dots for women storytellers. Simply put, we want to show you it's possible to live your filmmaking dreams. And today I'm geeked because y'all know I love following people on Instagram and finding people on social media. And I actually ran across Noelle. And I kind of didn't know what I was going to do. And then finally they had a costume design class. So I was, what, 15 when I started taking that class in high school. I just wanted to make everything, and I loved just the art of storytelling. Um, Welcome, Noelle, to the show. Thank you. It's good to be here. Yes, and I'm excited because you are actually, like, our first guest who does costume design, so I'm really geeked about that. Yay! Yes. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm all for the sound effects, so I'm good. Like, it's good. Wanted to make sure that I don't just limit uh, women who listen and want to work in films to think that they have to necessarily be a director or a writer or the DP. So I can't wait to, like, pick your brain so you can ex- inspire women out there. Just take us back a little bit. How I always like to ask people, like, how did you know or what was your defining moment that said, hey, I know that I'm supposed to be a costume designer? Like, what was that like? I grew up watching my mother. So she made all her clothing growing up, made my clothes when she was little. Halloween costumes were a huge deal, all that. I started sewing at the age of seven. But then, and I went to performing arts school, so by, um, and the school went from fifth grade to 12th grade, but by the time you hit high school, you had to pick a fine art. Mm-hmm. So I did um, illustration and painting and all that, and I kind of didn't know what I was going to do, and then finally they had a costume design class. So I was, what, 15 when I started taking that class in high school. I just wanted to make everything And I loved just the art of storytelling. Mm -hmm. But for me, the defining, the first defining moment I had was a church play. We were doing the Christmas, the regular, you know, the Christmas play, the story of Jesus Christ. And I wanted to costume the animals that were around the manger. Because, you know, the angels have wings, all that, you know, Mm -hmm. and nobody would really know who the animals were. And we had all these kids. I took it upon myself to, out of my little money that I had collected in my allowance to make little ears and little noses and give everybody these little, basically like a little furry sack outfit. But I dressed the little kids as animals. Um, And again, I was what, 14 or 15. So for me, that was my defining moment. Um, Looking back that I wanted to be a costume designer. Wow. (laughs) No, that's really interesting. But I like what you said when you, because we are storytellers and I never really thought about it until I was reading your bio and then like just stalking your Instagram. (laughs) But you said that you found your gift for bringing stories to life through textiles. Explain what does that mean? And like, what does that look like to you? I feel like you can, you can, I mean, you can tell a story. I look at history as being a story. That's the same thing. You could look at a picture and get a sense of the time period, if the person was rich or poor. And that's what I mean when I look at, when I look at clothing and trying to make a character. So before they even open their mouth by you looking at, you know, what they have on, whether they're clean or dirty, all these very little details. Mm-hmm. And that telling a story before you even get the story. So, you know, looking at the background, just everything visual. 
How then do you collaborate as a creative with a filmmaker? Because I know for me, like in my mind, I'll know how I want my character to look. But how do you then collaborate with somebody? Let's say somebody who has never had a costume designer, you know, like could afford it or even thought that far. Because a lot of times we leave that out of the picture. Like we just think about that after the fact. How do you, what is your collaboration process with the filmmaker? I really try to get an understanding of who the person is, either who the writer wrote the character to be or how the director sees the character. And I like, I like every little detail. So just for instance, I'm working on a character now who is in school. She's highly educated. And the little detail, no one ever has to say that she was in a sorority, but I'm going to find a place to put in that she has on a sorority Mm t-shirt. So I'm giving you story that no one ever wrote. Mm. Um, But there are little details where I'm, I'm trying to, I'm giving you a prequel without you seeing a prequel. You know what I'm saying? I'm giving you a few more moments. Um, So usually it's just in talking. I like to talk to the actor, actress, and see where their head is at, how they feel about the person or the, you know, the character. I talk to the director to get all the details. It's really a back and forth. And then I go back and present all these extra ideas I have. Like, hey, how about we put this in? How about we play with this color to mean this for that person? So I ended up, I ended up kind of just offering other creative ideas that no one thought about, no one actually maybe cared about, you know, mm-hmm. and then the, usually nine times out of 10, it's, oh, I like that detail. Let's roll with it. So, I mean, it, it could be the simple difference between you watching and I understand low budget. I understand people. I feel like a lot of times makeup artists and costumers are kind of the last, when you're doing low budget, it's kind of the last right. thing you think about or hairstyles because, you know, you, you want to get the, the words out, the, you know, the movement out. So I understand that kind of working around certain things. But then just, I want to bring everything I can to the table. It doesn't always have to cost a lot either, but it's just the little, the little details I can kind of slide in there as a costumer. Okay. Let's rewind a little bit because I so jumped ahead. Um, <laughs> you worked with Cold Black Films. I know that just the process for a filmmaker, I tell everybody is not like, you know you can do this. I go to school and then I know once I'm done, I can go and start working. Like we know filmmaking just doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. So how did you get your foot in the door to be able to work with them and then work for 10 years, like have 10 years experience in this? So I was kind of what I did two or three projects with them over the course of of 10 years. I I don't, (laughs) everything, I got to be honest with you, a lot of stuff for me started out of where my mother set me up in life. Mm -hmm. And I was the most active place that I I found my creative voice first, whether it was singing or even a little bit of playwriting at first or costumes was, (laughs) was at church. So I actually met the director that usually works with Code Black, Leslie Small. Mm-hmm. Um, I met him through a pastor that was doing a project. It was just always being out there, always being ready to work and networking and sharing with people. Hey, this is what I do. So I was literally just kind of with friends and met um, this pastor who was doing a play. Leslie was directing it. After Leslie liked working with me with that project, that brought me on to wardrobe technician for Kevin Hart, Laugh at My Pain. Um, and my one of my first IMDb credits working with um Aries Spears with his 
stand-up comedy. So it's just, it's, I mean, school does help. It was, you know, but it's networking. It's getting out there and being seen. Get, you know, keep, keep working and letting people know that this is the work that you can do. So that's literally how that, that contact kind of happened. Okay, so then tell us, for people who don't know and may be interested in actually doing this, what is a wardrobe technician? Like, what were your duties when you worked on that set for Laugh at My Pain? So for a wardrobe technician, it's really stylist work. It's really, the skill set that you need to know is fabric content and to make sure you don't burn anything. That's really what it is. It's ironing, pressing, making sure people have their clothing where it's supposed to be, Another part of it, which I didn't have to do on that set, was being able to fix little things like sewing on a button or, you know, just making sure that whatever the stylist has chosen for this character or this person to wear on stage, mm-hmm. make it sure that they get to stage looking as as great as they possibly can. Let's say I start out as a wardrobe technician. Where do I go? Like, what is the chain of command? for me to like elevate what's the next thing that I could possibly do uh, being a dresser on set so actually getting the actors in their wardrobe and then your next levels up from that or are like costume supervisor um and they kind of manage the, the they're more kind of a manager managing the costumers everybody that's in the costume department um and then up from there you kind of you go into assistant costumer or cost or costume designer. So assistant costumer along with like research mm-hmm. and then at the top is costume designer. Okay. So I know that you are working with one of my favorite people. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's how I actually found you. I was, mm-hmm. I think I was on Lenore's page. I was like, wait, yeah. I said, Oh, well she is over here. Like with this, the bomb outfit, I think you designed something for her for her birthday. Yes, I did her birthday yes. album. Yes. So then I was like, let me go look. And then I was like, wait a minute. She also is doing work for her web series. I said, let me find out. <laughs> so I wanted to know, what is, how do you get your inspiration? Like, do you have a process? Because I know as a creative for me, if I'm outside or if I'm engaging with people and really people watching, like I get a lot of inspiration from that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Where do you get your inspiration as a costume designer? Okay. So like before when we talked about collaborating, my initial inspiration or yeah, my initial inspiration, I begin to build after reading the script and in conversation mm-hmm. with the actor about their, their character, because I build a profile. And profile might go beyond what the writer has already given me. So again, I want to know every single detail. How much does this person make? Where are they shopping? So I put together, this is probably the stores that they shop at. This is, you know, what their budget, are they eclectic? Are they super trendy? So I kind of give myself their wardrobe profile on who they are. That for me narrows it down into, okay, if this, if this is the, these are the places that they shop. Um, and this is the amount of money that this particular person is going to spend on their look. Then I honestly start, I kind of jump online and start just looking up references mm-hmm. um, and thinking of how this person dresses. Um, so I, I look at a lot of images online that, that I, I'll, I'll pull up people that match kind of the character. So just say, for instance, if, if a character, 
seems like they're very into politics and they're, you know, highly educated, um, but they don't make a lot of money. So then I start kind of thinking, I'm going to look up artists, people, you know, I kind of correlate that with my search, my words that I put in online. Okay. So I might look up activists or I might look up young starving artists, activists or something. So then that's how, that's how I kind of go beyond that. And I go from image references to give the director because a lot of times the people don't sew, they don't really, or, you know, know a lot about textiles or clothing. They may not understand if I just do a sketch, mm-hmm. a flat sketch. So I like to pull up actual references of people in clothing to be like, oh, this is what I'm envisioning for the character with this type of hat and this type of shoe. So they get a full idea before I sketch or make patterns or sew or shop or any of that. Okay. So have you ever ran across um, a time where you, and let's say the director did not agree with what your vision was for a character? Yes. It's been a while ago and it's probably one of my, it sticks in my head the most. And this was actually with Lenore. <laughs> She's standing right in front of me. Just kind of... <laughs> um, we were, the script was written and she had kind of thought about who this character was. And we, the, the character, it was the day the character was going to the grocery store to go shopping. Mm-hmm. And I'm always looking for that moment to give to, I don't always do high glam. Like okay. I come from, I actually come from runway or fashion world or, you know, I used to do fashion design in New York, but I always like to look at a chance to tell a normal person's story. So I'm not always trying to design the level of like sex in the city and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I'm just trying to change it up. And I wanted to say that this person was going grocery shopping and like jeans and t-shirt kind of thing. And she was like, no, I want to look cute. I want to like this. I want to look like that. <laughs> and we, so we just had this moment where we battled back and forth between her wearing heels and, and like shorts or skirt or something. I was like, you're going to the grocery store. Like, let's think about this character. So yes, there are those moments <laughs> where... And at the end of it, of course, we end up going back to the director, who was also the DP and the writer. It was a very small <laughs> cast. And you know how these crews work sometimes, all these hats we wear. The director was like, no, I want her to look really, really attractive because this is what's going to happen. And da, 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 da. So she won, she won on that one. <laughs> but I mean, I, I, I always, I'm always ready to, to still present my idea and right. give my reasoning and kind of fight for what I believe. But then at the same time, it's like, okay, I can compromise too. Right. So do you have someone who is in costume design and the filmmaking world that you look up to you look up to? I can give you and I Okay. So I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you three different people. Okay. And they're, all, they're all special to me for different reasons. Two of them. I know one of them. I don't know. So the first one is one of my good friends from back home, Malisha Robinson, or Mo, as we all call her. We went to undergrad together at GSU, and she actually works in costuming. And she worked on Black Panther as a, she was a was one of the costumers, but she dressed some of the main characters. Okay. And I was, I, I don't know, I, I've always looked up to her, and I've always told her that, and she would go get her, and I was very proud of that moment. Um, she's worked on, a, a, like, her list of films is amazing. I'm still kind of in awe of her in that moment, and, and all this work that she's done on set as a costumer and dresser, and just dealing with, you know, working under pressure on set. My other person, a man named Sean LeBlanc, who is currently the, the owner of 
the Costume House, which is a costume shop in North Hollywood. Um, he started in theater, but he he just he can do any and everything, build anything, dye, fabric. Like he can just do it all. He I've been learning a lot from him just in general going back to theater because I've done theater some, mm-hmm. um, something I've always loved. But that's someone I now look up to. And he is he's a close mentor to me now that I'm new to L.A. And then my last person that one day I would love to meet and work with is Ruth Carter, which we've yes. heard from. <laughs> you know who she is. I'm trying to think of when I fell in love with her or when I started to like stalk her work. <laughs> oh, I can't even remember. Because I'm I'm an old head. Like I love old movies. Mm-hmm. Like I'm obsessed with all Spike Lee movies. And, you know, mm-hmm. she worked with him a lot coming up. So I can't even tell you the moment that I actually realized who she was, but She's someone that's just always been on my radar and I've always wanted to work with her, of course. So yeah, that's my other person. <laughs> well, we put it out there. So we're going to believe that the Lord is going to work it out, that you are able to connect with her and work oh, with her. Yes. <laughs> okay. So for you, where do you see yourself going as costume design? Like, where do you want to go? What is your ultimate goal as a costume designer? My ultimate goal or it could be one of your goals because now that now that you said that i've clearly have two in my head i have multiple <laughs> answers every time you ask me questions questions so one of them i love i'm obsessed with black history i would love to one day you know do a film on i would really love to do a film on the woman i did my thesis on in, in graduate school uh, she started the first Black Charm School and modeling agency, Ophelia DeVore. I want to tell a story of of iconic Black people from the 19, just from t- early 20th century and backward from there. And that, I think that's one of my major goals is to be the, the head costumer for a period piece about Black people. So, okay. I can um, see that. My other one is to mentor other young costume designers i'm over here slow clapping for that i'm here for that (laughs) Um, i come from a family of educators Mm -hmm. and i feel like it's kind of inevitable for me one day um so i do want to get my doctorate um and i would love to teach costume design or costume and culture or i haven't decided yet but i i definitely want to teach and help other other young costume designers get a seat at the table, tell stories, especially minority costume designers. So I have a question. What do you think uh, hinders minorities from actually being in that arena? Like, just personally asking. Oh, personally, I was actually told by a family member. They asked me why I would want to try to do a job or, you know, be in an industry where there's not a lot of people that look like me to help me out. Mm -hmm. Like, they really were like, why do you even want to do this? Nobody else, you know, nobody at the top looks like you, so nobody's going to help you. Mm. And automatically, it made me think, well, isn't that why I would want Mm -hmm. to do something so you know, 10, 20, 30, 40 years from now, that still won't be the same story. Right. And this, I feel like it's representation matters and it's not just who you see on screen, it's who you see behind the scenes. Absolutely. Because I can watch, as a child, I could watch all the movies all day long with, you know, featuring black people or all black cast, but it was, uh, 
you know, who's behind the camera? Mm-hmm. Who is who is really pushing the story forward that I don't see? Mm-hmm. Uh, so for me, uh, on a personal level, it was representation and knowing that I should. It doesn't. It doesn't matter just to to do it. And I, that was one of the big things. Even my work in the museum and in the museum sector, which I would love to go back to working with textiles and museums. I didn't even know that was something I could do when I was little. Right. I wasn't exposed to it. My parents wanted me to be a teacher, and that. <laughs> And I don't know why my mother wanted me to go to performing arts school because that just like solidified it for me. I was the artist. Mm-hmm. Um, I was not told about these other opportunities that I could take. So I think that's a, that's a big part of it. And in, in a lot of minority communities, there's not this, oh, be free and dream and do because the money's not there or, right. you know, they want you to be safe. And mm-hmm. so I, I really think that's a big part of it. Yes. I totally <laughs> agree on that i could that's why my undergrad I, I mean not let me not say it that way but that is why my undergrad is in counseling like one wow. i didn't know that i could be a filmmaker yeah mm-hmm. i mean and my parents literally told me i could be anything i wanted yep, to. i was gonna say that yeah. <laughs> but i just didn't have that like you said representation in front of me to see that i'm cheering you on i i want you to get <laughs> a seat at the table so you can open the door and show, you know, other, other women, other brown girls, other minorities that it's mm-hmm. possible, you know, to be there. And then you don't have to be the sole one person. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I'm here for that. I do have one more question before we wrap up. I want to ask you for, you know, our indie filmmakers who might not have the budget for you or someone else what are some things that we can do to do better when it comes to dressing <laughs> our characters because sometimes i mean not judging you know y'all i'm not judging y'all i'm just trying to help us be great you know and not be looking like a bootleg but sometimes i just be looking like okay good example i'm not even gonna say what project it was because i don't want people to figure it out but wow. i was working on this set and because I think we're so caught up in like, like you said, the character and mm-hmm. we're saying that the visual just goes on the back burner. So we had um, some people bring in like outfits and I just was so annoyed. Like I had to, I was not, that was not even my job that day, but I had to do it. And I'm just looking like, these are the clothes that you brought. This doesn't in my mind even fit to this person. Like I was so mad. Like this is, uh-huh. Not good. What are some suggestions or tips that you could give us so we're not out here looking looking like we have no budget? Okay. And don't get me wrong, because I I I pull I've done multiple projects where it's mostly me pulling from people's own closets. Yeah. Yeah. You do, yeah, <laughs> so you gotta do what you gotta do. And me, I love to make things anyway, so I kind of force my way in with a sewing machine sometimes. I think it's very helpful. Like I said, I'm trying to move quickly. I'm not doing sketches. At least find a reference image for who you, as a director or the writer, who you see this character as. I don't know how the actors are that you usually work with, but a lot of the ones I know, they don't have a lot of clothing. Right. They have a lot of black, like everything starts to fall flat. And for me, when I'm watching um, low budget or it, whether it's theater, I, I think it, what's another word besides low budget? I hate using that word. Um, but Just in the, we don't have a budget. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm watching live theater or um, short films or anything 
self-produced kind of artist produced indie I'm looking for little things like just just color like mm-hmm. does everybody in the scene have on jeans does everybody in this shot have on I, I saw one play and at least three characters out of the six on stage had on khakis and I was mm. like is if this is not a uniform <laughs> you know they I tell help me tell this story before people open their mouths mm-hmm. um and if you can't kind of do that then if you have the time let's rethink this but if you could at least give the character hey this is an image of this is this picture kind of defines how i see this person and in that picture they should be able to say oh they look very stylish oh they love colors oh they um they look like they're they're a, a super trendy person oh or they look like they go thrifting like they should be able to get the dust of what you're saying from head to toe whether it's a hat a purse mm-hmm. The whole look. So if, if at the very least, if you don't have a costume designer, if you can at least pull a good image reference, then a lot of times maybe that could that can kind of <laughs> that can help. Okay, everybody. So y'all heard that. <laughs> Get an image reference. Don't just tell people to bring clothes and then you're scrambling because everybody looks like or everybody yeah. looks alike, or it's just not even remotely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah 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 I won't even say any more of my experiences yeah just <laughs> very interesting okay. yeah that in I don't know I, I think and I've, I've spoken to quite a, a couple makeup artists and they're they'll be talking to people sometimes and know that they work in film like the a couple that I know they a couple makeup artists um, whether they and I, I had a retail background um, in fashion retail so I knew makeup artists at counters and they were interested in getting into film or, you know, doing photo makeup for photo shoots. Mm-hmm. And one, one makeup artist in particular I've met out here in LA, she was like, you know, I'll meet people like writers and actors and, and film, you know, filmmakers, and they won't even, they'll know I'm a makeup artist and they never even ask what I like to be a part of a project. Mm-hmm. And she was like, you know, she understands everybody wants to get paid and everybody can't afford people. But she was like, you know, when I first moved here, I was willing to do it for free or I was willing to do it for just pay for my supplies kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So as a filmmaker, don't be afraid. If you know a fashion designer or a costume designer or somebody that can remotely sew or somebody that is a stylist or dresses nice, don't be afraid to like at least, you know, introduce yourself and make that connection and see where it goes. Don't, don't, don't not ask somebody, you know what I'm saying? Right. If, if if you feel like and I mean that's how you build a team. Right. And um, a team is priceless. <laughs> so, yes. So that's, don't be afraid. Yeah. No, that's but that's a good tip because I think a lot of people are afraid because it's like, oh, I see that she has experience uh-huh. and I don't wanna people don't wanna feel like they're um taking advantage of your yeah. talent. And we appreciate that because people don't get me wrong. I've had some people ask me for stuff and I end up, I have a hard time saying no. And I love being creative and solving problems. But then I turn around and I've spent $50 on 50 to a hundred dollars on a project. You know what I'm saying? And and I don't get any kickback and they're like, mm-hmm. Oh, this is an art trade. I understand. But let's, let's talk about a budget. Too. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's both parts. Like, I should have been the one to, like, reel it in a little bit, but I get a little excited sometimes. It's at least worth conversations and seeing, because maybe they don't have a portfolio, and that's something they want to start sometimes, especially if you're you're talking to people that are younger or in school, or you never know if somebody's in the transition, and that's something that they want to do. Absolutely. Well, you have definitely helped us out. 
<laughs> so we're not out here with our images looking flat or like we are mm-hmm. trying to be twins on set. So uh-huh. thank you for saving us. And you know, our last two famous questions are, what are you watching and what are you reading? Gotta be honest with you, I'm <laughs> I'm watching Step for Sidechicks. Yes. Um, I had to, a, a per, on a personal note, having worked with first season, I had a lot going on during first season. I was in grad, finishing grad school, and I was commuting back and forth from working in D.C. at the Smithsonian to going to NYU. It was a lot. So I had to step back from the situation, and I think I've watched season one of Step for Sidechicks like at least another three or four times. <laughs> and getting ready for season two, which we're shooting now. Yay! Um, that's that's I want everyone else to kind of jump on with me and and watch that for side chicks. Watch it. Mm-hmm. And then second question: Did you- What are you reading? So I'm in between books right now. One book I've I've just got finished reading. This book that I probably I know I read twice already when I was like five years ago when I was in New York um, is Billie Holiday's um, autobiography. Um, I want to read that. Is it good? It is very good. So she wrote the book. I don't have it in front of me, but she wrote the book with one of her closest friends, William. Oh, I forgot his name. Um, so they're telling the story kind of, he's, he's, they're telling the story kind of together because he actually wrote the book. But I think the book is amazing. I would love to, because I've always loved the, 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 no, the movie with Diana Ross. Like you yes. Said, mm-hmm. But you read the book and you realize how different. You know, you realize the how they kind of change some things and tell the story. William William Duffy, that's his name. Okay. Um, but anyway, yes, I love that book. So I this is my third or fourth time actually reading it. As I read it, I do costumes and set design and all, all this extra stuff in my head. But it's a good book. Yeah. Okay, so we're gonna have to check that out. Uh, what is next for you? Next, I mean, we're only day one into Stepford Chick season two, so I need to get over that hump. And then I would love, love, love to work on actually doing the 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 movie that I was talking about about the woman that I did my thesis on, Ophelia Devore. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's a period piece. It will take. It would you know be something from the nineteen forties, fifties. So honestly, I'm going to start working with Lenore, hopefully by the end of the year, to kind of review my thesis and images and pull together a short story, a short film um, based off this woman's life. That's awesome. You have to keep me, keep us posted on that. I hope I will. I will. I'll start ad- adding you on stuff as I, you know, work on stuff for that. But yeah. Yes, do that. So let everyone know how they can keep in contact with you, where they can connect with you, social media, website, those type of things? Um, website is coming, hopefully by the end of the year, but please find me on Instagram. I am Noel by Noel B. I'm on Instagram all the time, sharing stories as I'm filming, as I'm sewing. You can see the entire how. You, once you once we get done with season two, you'll be able to see it from beginning to end. Oh, she made that, and I'm going to show you how. Follow me Yay. on Instagram. Yes. That, that's, the, that's, the, that's the one way to find me. I'm on Facebook, but you get way more on Instagram. So. Okay. I feel you. I'm the same way. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for being on the show. I appreciate it. I learned a lot. Yeah, thank you for having me. And you too. Like, if you have any little questions. I will definitely be emailing you. <laughs> I will be emailing <laughs> you like, hey, okay. I have a question. 
So everyone who listened today, please make sure that you um, follow us, subscribe. You know, we're on social media at The Creative Outsiders. Also, if you want to hear more about Stepford Side Chicks, you can actually go listen to Lenore's interview because she was, I think, maybe my second person I interviewed on the podcast. How glorious. So you can go back and listen and you can find all out like everything that's going on with her and her project. And it's kind of full circle because I think the last time we talked, she was trying to figure out about funding for season two. So look at that. Make sure that you go back and listen, make sure you comment, let us know if there's anyone you want us to interview, or even if you have questions for our guest, love questions, and we can always allow you to send me emails and we will send it to them. So you know the drill. Don't talk about it. Be about it. Go live those filmmaking dreams.